Rich and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And a happy Saturday to all of you out there listening today. This is Arizona Sports Saturday. It's your weekend stop for live and, most importantly, local sports talk. No Steve today. Mitch is here, though. And Zach Larson is here today. And we got to let you in on the little secret. Well, I guess it's not a secret. we got to let the truth come in. This is a 30-minute edition of Arizona Sports Saturday today, Zach. Very short. Very the short. lightning... The lightning quick, rapid fire edition of Arizona Sports. We're going to cram four different topics into 30 minutes. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I, I sure hope so. Because I wanted to do a cold open and just talk about things that had happened during the week. But quite frankly, we're going to talk about a lot of things that happened during the week. But let's start with what happened last night. Trent in between the circles, guarded by Bridges. 14 on the shot clock, on the drive, finds a wide open Coloco. He'll try a three and hit it in the right corner. Christian Coloco, the rookie out of Arizona, his first three of his career. He had missed seven of them to start as a rookie, and he knocks that one down. So that's cool. The former U of A product's got his uh, first ever three against the... uh Against the NBA team from where he played his college hoops. Uh, 113-104 loss. Raptors beat the Suns last night. This, this I'm so glad December's over. December's been awful it's for been, the Suns. It's been a really rough month. Not only on the road for the Suns, but the home stretch. I mean, they were pretty much, I think, 14-3 maybe at one point entering December. And then they lost to the Celtics, the Grizzlies, the Wizards. It just wasn't the Suns basketball that we saw in November and in the later part of October. So I agree with you. I'm, I'm ready to get past this month. So I quickly compiled some notes just looking at ESPN's page of the calendar of the month. Suns went 5-11 and in December. That included a five-game losing streak. They were swept by Washington. The only two times they're going to face the team from D.C. this year, they're not going to see him in the playoffs because that's how bad D.C. is. And then you mentioned the Boston loss. Let's call it the Boston Massacre because that game was done within like the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. It is a very less than memorable month. Coming off of a month where Devin Booker was the Western Conference Player of the Month, DeAndre Ayton closed out November as Western Conference Player of the Week. Like all the momentum, and I get it. There's a lot of guys hurt right now, Booker included, but a lot of the momentum was lost this month, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, I know injuries, like you said, they, they're going to occur throughout a season. Devin Booker being down with a left groin strain for now a month, it's not going to help this team out. That's why you need to see some of these players within Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. They need to be the guy every night for this team until Booker returns. And. So far, it's been on and off performances. DA had 31 points the other night on Wednesday. He follows it up with four last night. It's it's not the kind of performances the Suns need right now. Mm-hmm. They need consistency, and right now they're almost going to be 500 through this pretty much the early part of the season. It, it's just not what this team is was last year no and fans are not happy i know everyone thinks okay they're taking a different approach with the regular season they'll get better towards the end of the year and they can go into the postseason strong i still want to see good performances out of this team in the regular season i don't want to see stretches of five games where they just look horrible now in fairness to the suns they did they they fought hard in the fourth quarter they brought it back within a few points they actually took the lead for a short little while in the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden, just everything fell apart. And Toronto, just they could not miss down the stretch, as you heard from the Coloco three there, who got the start last night in place of Fred Van Vliet. And that Toronto team, 
I don't know if you heard any of the Nick Nurse cuts from the night before when they lost to Memphis the previous night. Nick Nurse ripped into that team, saying they had no effort, they weren't playing the way they should, saying that they were doing things that shouldn't happen in seven years. The kind of disses that you know you, that we would throw to each other when we're we're picking on one another on the high school playground, not at the NBA level. And clearly, the message got through to Toronto because they. They took it to the Suns last night. They won the first quarter. They held on at halftime. They really won the third quarter. And then, of course, the back and forth in the fourth quarter. And the Toronto, Toronto was the better team last night. Yeah, and, and exactly. I, I think every team, somebody mentioned it earlier this week. I want to say it was Eddie Johnson on maybe Bickley and Murata, But the Suns, they have a target on their back after last season. And every team is going to come in. Again, the Raptors coming in. They lost 11 of their last 15 entering the matchup. They came in with a whole different mentality. And as we've seen throughout the past couple losses for the Suns, they get behind very early. They get behind in a hole. And this is a team that really just doesn't have the star power at the moment to climb out of that hole and come back into these games. Again, they did take the lead late in that fourth quarter, but they were exhausted. They had already exhausted every possible avenue of scoring they could. And then Toronto just took care of business. Again, a Suns team that turned the ball over 25 times last night. You just can't win games like that. Most of them were early on in this one. And ultimately, it ended up shooting themselves in the foot. Compare that 25 turnovers the Suns had to Toronto's 12. Yeah. Not good. Here's what I will take away as a positive. Chris Paul, for the second consecutive game, looked you know, like we want Chris Paul to look like, even at this point in his career. He had 12 assists last night, 5 rebounds, 20 points, albeit he had a minus 9 in his box plus minus, but every son that started last night had absurd uh, box plus minus last night. Mikel Bridges, you had mentioned that we wanted more consistency out of him because they need him to be more consistent. Led the team last night, 21 points. He had a couple rebounds, a couple of assists. Uh, had a block as well, so he's showing that defensive prowess. It was a necessary night for Mikel Bridges. Unfortunately, it didn't end up with the win, but hopefully it's something that they can replicate when they face uh, New York in a couple of days. And really quickly want to touch on that, because if you thought December was rough, like the, the December's behind us now. Look ahead to January. This is stocked full of teams that are probably going to be in the postseason. You got the Knicks, then Cleveland, Miami back home, Cleveland again back home. And then this four-game road gauntlet against Golden State, Denver, Minnesota, and Memphis. Come back home to host Brooklyn, Indiana, Memphis again, Charlotte, and then Dallas. And then your last two of the month are San Antonio and Toronto. Not a lot of leeway in the month of December, Zach. Nope, you have to play perfect basketball. And again, it's going to come down to whether Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or Mikel Bridges, they're putting up 25-plus points each night. And then some of these role players we've talked about, we've had such great additions, additions with Damian Lee, with Jock Landell, and they they need to step up in this month. This needs to be the month that some of these role players, these bench guys, they get a couple starts in the lineup, and they just can take over the game. Dwayne Washington Jr., he's had a couple games like that already this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to have a couple games where he just drops 20 points out of nowhere. So, like you said, that schedule, it's brutal. It's not going to be easy, and without Devin Booker, I don't want to say that they're not going to pick up a bunch of wins, but 
they got to play absolutely perfect basketball if they want a chance to stay above 500 after January. It's going to require the best out of their remaining starters until Cam Johnson comes back. And then when Cam Johnson comes back, it's going to require the best out of him, too. Turning to the Arizona Cardinals, we got hit with this news yesterday. He had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week, and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday. That was Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. Colt McCoy, who had cleared concussion protocol, unfortunately started to experience concussion-like symptoms, and he is now out. David Blau is going to get the start tomorrow in Atlanta. That is the fourth starter for the Cardinals this year. That's the fourth consecutive new starter at quarterback for the Cardinals this year as well. Yeah. And David Blau, who I'm sure will get plenty of hard knocks recognition this week as he was part of the Lions team. That I was going to say, what do you mean? He got plenty of it over the summer. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. If Dan Campbell didn't want David Blau, then I don't want David Blau. Uh, I I think this is going to be an interesting game because you're really looking at... Like J.J. Watt mentioned a couple games ago, you're really auditioning for the future. And a lot of these players are not going to be on this team in 2023. So I expect a lot of fight out of the Cardinals. I think the Falcons, they're not that great of a team. And Desmond Ritter's still in that rookie stage. I think he's got a lot to, to prove at the NFL level. But who knows? Maybe they get a win. Although I know, I know everybody wants a top three draft picked. If a loss comes through this, I'm sure everyone will be happy, but I know the players on the field. They want David Blau to play the best game he can, and they want to go out there and try to put up a win. Okay, how about this? Because I love this hypothetical scenario. You're a Cardinals fan. Do you want them to go so far, and this is a 2% chance of this happening, do you want it to go so far that they would end up with the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft? I don't think so, just because I think you kind of know how teams that are below them, like the Texans, you kind of know what they have their eyes on. They're going to get a quarterback. So the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray, probably not with the focus on the quarterback situation. Who knows? Maybe with the injury, they want to get maybe a backup or a potential player, franchise quarterback to take them in the future. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to look for the best available player, whether that's an offensive lineman, a defensive edge rusher. You can still get the best available player at number one overall. You can. Or... But you don't want to lose that many games to the point that you drop all the way down to number one. There's two games left. It's not like they're going to be tanking for the rest of the next seven weeks. No, there's two games left. Granted, here's the scenario. Cardinals have to lose out. So they would have to lose to Atlanta tomorrow, and they'd have to lose to San Francisco on the road in Week 18. Does that seem likely? Especially with David Blau starting tomorrow, it seems incredibly likely. Houston has to win out, because they have the worst record right now. Houston would have to beat Jacksonville tomorrow, which Jacksonville's been a very confusing team this year, but they might win that division. But any given Sunday. And then they would have to beat Indianapolis next week. That feels a lot more doable than it sounds, given that Houston only has one win this year, but it feels very doable. Chicago has to win both of their games. Chicago has to beat Green Bay this week, or excuse me, not Green Bay, this weekend. They have to beat Detroit this weekend, and then Minnesota next weekend. Is Minnesota going to sit that one out because they have already locked up a two or a three seed by then? Is Detroit going to falter because Detroit hasn't had been consistent all year long? And then one more thing needs to happen, and and that's Denver. Denver needs to win one of these two games against the Chiefs, which is not going to (laughs) happen. 
or they need to beat the Chargers in the final week of the season. And the Chargers have already locked up a spot. Austin Eckler is dealing with injuries. They're just getting Joey Bosa back. Are they going to play the safe route that final week of the year? That's why it's a 2% chance. But look, if I can get it, I want it. Because there's two outcomes. You either take the best player available. Hello, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, because that's what the Cardinals would need. Or you trade down to one of those quarterback needy teams and you really, really recoup assets while additionally getting a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter. It's next to impossible, but it feels like the right move if they're going to be able to fully reset this franchise. I don't know. Coming up next, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They made a move that has been rumored around for a while, and yesterday it became true. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. One-two for Kelly. Swing and a bomb. Deep to left. And that's a no doubter. 13th of the year. A three-run shot. And just like that, a four-run bottom of the first gives the Giants a 4-1 lead. I'm just realizing in that play-by-play cut, the individual was not identified. But we won't have to worry about Evan Longoria hitting home runs against the Diamondbacks anymore. Because Zach Larson filling in for Steve. Evan Longoria is a Diamondback now, yes, reportedly. One year, four million, up to a million in incentives. And quite frankly, if you just look at the recent tenure he had with the Giants, you're a little nervous. He hasn't gotten to a hundred games in the past three seasons. But this addresses a very high need for the Diamondbacks. Right-handed hitting power at the corner infield spot at third base. What yeah. do you think of the deal? I, I think, it, again, I think a lot of people do look at, okay, he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been the same as he was in Tampa Bay. But with the Giants, I mean, you can mention this too. He's had some moments in San Francisco where he moments. has come up. Yeah, he's come up big. <laughs> and I, I think especially back into the 2021 wild card, or not wild, the divisional series against the Dodgers. And he had the home run that was the difference maker in one of the games in L.A. Mm-hmm. I think this Diamondbacks team, it's very young. It needs some veteran leadership in the clubhouse. And I think Longoria, while maybe he isn't an everyday starter at that third base spot, he's going to be a guy that's going to come in, again, against lefties. He's going to have the power. He is going to still hit more home runs probably than Jordan Luplo did as the <laughs> right versus left-hander. Uh, but I think, again, it, it's an infield where you have Christian Walker and now you've got Evan Longoria on the other side. I think these are two power bats, two power right-handed bats that are just going to be beneficial for this Diamondbacks team with a very young outfield and a young catcher that's going to be coming out very soon. I mean, that's the that's what I take away the most. This dude has more playoff experience than anybody on this current Diamondbacks roster next to his former teammate, the pitcher Madison Bumgarner. You need that, especially when you're at a point where it feels like the Diamondbacks are at or getting to which is competitive, wild card competitive. Heck, I don't know. I don't want to discount the Dodgers because I made the same mistake of discounting the Chiefs when they didn't do anything massive this offseason. Dodgers haven't done anything massive this offseason, but they're still the Dodgers. They might run away with the division again. But the Diamondbacks can most certainly compete for a wild card spot. There's three of them. 
you can most certainly compete now that you have Longoria on this roster. And who better to mentor some of these young guys than a 37-year-old veteran who has been to a World Series, been to several playoff series, and even in the limited sample size, in the 89 games he played last year, 14 homers, 42 RBI, 315 on base, 451 slugging, like he's still producing at a league average level, if not slightly above it. And that's exactly what the Diamondbacks needed last year. The offense just wasn't there for a majority of the first part of the season. And yeah, I, I just, I can't see how it's a bad move. I can't see how filling a spot, that third base spot, that's been a question since Escobar was traded to uh, the Brewers, I Brewers, believe. Yes. So I, I think Longoria is—he's going to be a great fit. He's a great veteran to fill in this infield, and I think the Diamondbacks, like we mentioned, they, they're not going to play the Dodgers and Padres as often as they did last year. They're going to play right. against some of these other teams, and I think they have a good chance to compete for one of those final wild card wild card spots. They're going to get a full complement of the American League, and the American League had a lot of miserable teams last yes. year. They're going to get to see the Royals. You may get to see the Twins, who fell off a cliff towards the end of last year. The entire AL Central. The White Sox are, yeah, I might as well just list off the entire AL Central outside of uh, Cleveland. I like this move. Does this mean the Diamondbacks are done? No, no. No. The Diamondbacks cannot just sit back and say, hey, we got Evan Longoria, we're good. No, you still need to help out the bullpen. I will again say, you still need to help out the bullpen. And you got to figure out if you're comfortable with the guys that you have in this rotation right now. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, cool. Who else? Right? Who do you have beyond the two? But you could just pretend that Madison Baumgartner is going to be a good pitcher again. But we've seen it. He's not there. All right. Really quickly, just want to touch on this. This is a massive game coming up in just a few minutes at the top of next hour down in Tempe. It's the first Territorial Cup of the Year for men's hoops. And in recent history, it has belonged to Arizona, not Arizona State, but Bobby Hurley, who was on with Bickley and Murata earlier in the week, very aware of what his team needs to focus on against U of A. I think there's a lot of things that we need to address uh, defensively, making sure that you know, we take care of the interior. Uh, you know, we've had you know one of the top interior field goal percentage defenses in the country, and you know we're going to need every bit of that on Saturday. And then uh, just making sure we have floor balance, and uh, we're not giving them live ball turnovers where they could go and and uh, and score some easy baskets to get confidence. I think this game definitely needs to be a bounce back for ASU, at least defensively, since the last game they played was Offensively, that. too. Yes, <laughs> nice. definitely, definitely. And Des Cambridge coming back, he's definitely going to be a big 100%, factor in that. 100%. But the way how they were defensively against San Francisco, it was dreadful in that first half. And I I, I cannot imagine that it, U of A is going to come off with a slow start. They've been one of the best teams yeah. in the nation, offensively especially. They're going to bring it all, especially in the paint. So ASU's got to either respond offensively with some threes with Des, Des Cambridge, Devin Cambridge, maybe even DJ Horn, or they've got to play some tough defense in that paint against a pretty talented U of A basketball I mean, team. it'll definitely be an advantage to have both Cambridges ready to go. It really showed when they didn't have Des in the previous game against USF. I mean, a lot of things didn't show in the game against USF, but the other thing, too, is this might be the roster that kind of keeps Bobby Hurley around. You think about the previous years where 
yes, you're dealing with COVID and you're dealing with injuries and all that stuff. But there was a lot of turmoil going on the past couple of years of Bobby Hurley's tenure. This coming off of, you know, Guard U and then the well-balanced team the year after Guard U. And now you're at a point where this ASU basketball team is competitive again. And it's re- as, a, as an alum, as a fan, it's a real treat to see, especially because Bobby Hurley had shown that he can be a successful head coach. And now he's back to being that again this year. Yeah, I, I think I give a lot of credit to Bobby Hurley for putting together a squad that has been so competitive. Again, they're still 11-2. They still have had such a great start to the season. I'm still mad about the Texas Southern loss, by the way. It, it was a pretty bad loss. But again, I, I think a lot of these teams we've seen early on, they have their struggles against some of the smaller teams. I think ASU still, even a loss today, they're still a competitive team. They're going to do okay impactful play. And I'm excited to see how this team works, but they got to try and stay competitive in a game against U of A today. That pregame show is going to be coming up right after we get off the air in about five minutes from now. We're also going to have both of the big bowl games today. The Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl will be on available to you on the Arizona Sports app and Coyotes Hockey on later today as well. Zach Larson filling in for Steve Zinsmeister. I'm Mitch Varelda. So long. Have a good rest of your weekend.